0: Hey, thanks for checking out the latest installment of Growing the Game with Balls. You want to point out one of my first major sponsors, and that would be John Ryan with the John Ryan Foundation. Thanks to the only guy in Saskatchewan ever to win a Super Bowl. And the one thing I love about John, one of many, He hasn't forgotten where he's from. Always propping up Saskatchewan football, baseball, and this podcast, so thanks to him. Our first quarter sponsored by Face First Medical Aesthetics. Above Gabbo's on Duttony Avenue in the heart of Regina. Go see Crescinda and Teelan over there at Face First. They'll treat you right. They are top of the industry in customer service. And that name is growing big time in the aesthetics business. Beat back father time with Face First Medical Aesthetics. All right, first quarter, Jim McMahon was supposed to be the featured guest speaker at the U of S Huskies Dogs Breakfast, but COVID threw a wrench into that. I had a chance to catch up with the two-time Super Bowl champ, once as a starter, at quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and once as a backup behind Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers when they beat Bill Parcells and the Patriots in New Orleans. We asked Jim Kelly, where the heck does his legendary toughness come from? How's everything going up there? We're doing great, man. So first things first, you were supposed to actually do a dinner up the highway in Saskatoon with the U of S Huskies pre-pandemic, but the pandemic kind of threw every uh, threw a wrench into it. I was going to go to that dinner. I'm I'm sad I missed out on it.
1: Yeah, I was I was looking forward to doing it as well. I I'd been up there a few years back and and did a, a similar type dinner and had a he- heck of a good time. So I was looking forward to coming back, and then yeah, uh, you know, all this stuff hit and. You know, with your uh, the guy in charge up there for you guys, I, I don't know if I would have ever got back out of there. So <laughs> I'm glad, glad things have uh, calmed
0: down a bit. That's good. I'm glad <laughs> you think along the same way as me. I love it. Uh, okay, Jim. Uh, yeah, when Jim, you – I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was never a Bears fan, but I was a Walter Payton fan. Who couldn't be? And I was a Jim McMahon fan because of your toughness and your moxie that you just displayed right there. So – when did you realize you were the toughest guy on the field? At what point in your life did you realize I'm the toughest guy on the field?
1: Well, I, I I was able to endure a lot of pain early on in life, and so I think that just carried over. Uh, and I stuck myself in the eye with a fork when I was six years old, and that was pretty damn painful. Um, you know, so I had eye problems all my life. I mean, that's why I've been wearing sunglasses since I was six years old. And so, uh, that in between the, the regular beatings I got from my folks from, from doing, you know, some bad things uh, early on. So, uh, yeah, I learned to deal with a lot of pain. So, it didn't really bother me uh, playing through my career.
0: Yeah, no kidding, man. Let me ask you a question because you, you've been pretty open about dealing with uh, head injuries and other ailments from football. Jim McMahon, do you ever regret playing football?
1: Uh, well, I don't regret it because that's what I did for a living. I, but I would have rather played baseball. That was my first love. That's all I ever wanted to do. But, uh, you know, things didn't work out that way. And, uh, you know, football's, football was great. You know, I played 15 years and, and uh, played for seven different teams, a lot of great players, a lot of good coaches, some really bad ones. But uh, I had a hell of a good time. And, uh, you know, it's catching up with me now. You know, i still got some lingering problems like you said my head still bugs me i have to go back to new york about every four three to four months to get an adjustment uh so i can function properly or normally anyway and uh other than that you know i had a i had an ankle routine ankle surgery uh a year ago actually 15 months ago and uh ended up getting infected and so i had to have two more surgeries and they talked about cutting off my leg. Uh, they saved all that, but uh, now it's not working still. I'm still not walking. I'm, I'm on a crutch. And so that's been uh, very uh, disheartening. But other than that, you know, hanging in there. <laughs>
0: Gee, man, you are tough. Tough's an understatement. Jim McMahon joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, Jim, if you could go back in the moment and play. One game or one play again? Could you you know the young Jim McMahon who had all you know who could move around freely? What game or play would that be? Can you can you pinpoint one?
1: Yeah, that would be the '88 NFC Championship game against the 49ers uh, in Chicago. You know we were uh, you know we had the best team or best record in the league that year. We had home field advantage, and uh, we came out and laid an egg. And unfortunately, you know that's the Niners went to that Super Bowl. They ended up winning it. And so that that was the one game I'd like to have back because that's, that's the only time I ever lost to Joe Montana as well. I was four and one against them, and the only loss was the, was the big one.
0: Yeah, you know, you were you know, I would never say you had the gunslinger mentality. Uh, you were a great quarterback, but I mean, you, you, people talk about Montana and, and quarterbacks like that. What was it like? though, to be the rock star of that team. Like, you were the rock star of that team. Peyton, uh, all-time Hall of Famer, but you were the face of that team. What was it like back then in the 80s to be the face of the Bears?
1: Well, I'm glad there wasn't social media back then. <laughs> but,
0: uh,
1: it, was, it was nice. I mean, you know, Chicago, the fans have always treated me well. Uh, even, you know, even when I came back and played as a, as a visitor, Uh, the fans have always treated me great i'd lived there for 28 years you know my family was born and raised there so it's a special place you know i got i got out of there about 13 years ago uh, when my youngest son went to college i said hey i've had enough of the cold i'm going out to arizona and here i am been sitting in the cold for the last two months but uh (laughs) unseasonably cold here but it's starting to warm up again but yeah I, i i enjoyed it it was uh it was a heck of a lot of fun. It was, it's a great town. It was a great town. You know, we, we got we got some problems there, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed Chicago. W-
0: was it was it ever a pain in the butt, though, to be that, uh, that much of a popular figure around there in terms of your personal life? Like, what's that? A lot of us will never walk in the same shoes you walked in.
1: Well, to get, you know, I, I had my kids, you know, knocked over, you know, people rushing up for autographs or, or you're sitting with your family at dinner trying to eat. And you know the constant stream of people, but you know that that was kind of very frustrating, especially when my kids got you know were kind of run over, and then people still want an autograph and and when i I get a little pissed off when, you know you knock my kids down so <laughs> yeah. uh, other than that you know it was it wasn't that bad yeah you know, it's, you know that's part of the that's part of it you know people you know that's you're in you're on television, you're in the newspaper, and people people know you. And back then, they, they know us because, we, you know, everybody seemed to have a radio show or a TV show or some kind of commercial. And, and so we were, we were out in the public more than, than most teams were.
0: Jim uh, McMahon joining us here. Tom Brady said he's going to start his broadcasting career with Fox, the Super Bowl, but in, in full uh, in the fall. Were, were you ever approached about being a broadcaster on a network? Because you really do have the persona or personality to do it.
1: Well, until they can come up with the truth network, then I'm not going to do it. Uh, you got to be able to, you know, say what's on your mind or, or say what you know everybody that's watching TV is thinking, and, and uh, these guys can't do it
2: mm. or
1: they won't do it. And then I have a little bit of Tourette, so that they'd have to be beeping me all the time, too. So.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you've held it in check here for a few minutes. Hey, uh, Jim, one other thing from that 86 Super Bowl. I mean, what a dominant team. What a dominant defense. I think I, I, I watched a biography or a uh, NFL football life, uh, probably Walter Payton's, and I, I think you were quoted in that. Just talk about the fact uh, that, uh, you know, Walter didn't score a touchdown in his only Super Bowl appearance. How? Uh, you know, did you even realize that was happening at the time? And how do you feel about that in the aftermath?
1: Well, at the time, nobody nobody was really thinking about that. You know, we we went in the, the locker room at halftime saying, you know, let's put 60, 70 points up there if we if we can. And uh, and every and Dick is like, yeah, let's do it. And then by the literally about halfway through the third quarter, we the starters were, were out. And you know, we thought we'd get more chances, but. You know, Walter carried the ball, I think, 25, 27 times in the game. Mm-hmm. and uh, But their whole focus that whole week was we stop Walter Payton, we win. And that was, you know, that's a, a tribute to his greatness. That's why everybody else had a big day because they were so keyed in on Walter. Uh, you know, he was going to have a tough – I think you could have gave it to him 100 times. He might not have gotten in because that, that's their focus. We stop him, we win. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't happen because we had we had too many other talented players.
0: So, how long did it take for you to come up with the Roselle headband? You were famous for wearing a headband, and you had an Adidas one on, and you got fined five thousand bucks by the NFL commissioner because—and back in that day, uh, that was a lot of money for Jim McMahon for any NFL player in the in the mid '80s. Uh, how long did it take you to come up with the Roselle idea for the headband?
1: Well, you got like ten minutes when you leave the field and come back out for kickoff, so. <laughs> By the time I left the field and came back, that's what I had on there. I didn't have enough room for what I wanted to put in front of Roselle, but you know, it would have been all the way around my head. But I figured that would that would make the statement that I wanted to make and it did. You know, I got his attention. You know, I didn't get fined that week. He actually called and thanked me for the free advertising. And uh and then he said, you know, you can't wear it in the Super Bowl. And so I figured out a way. I mean I I, I got a hold somehow I got a hold of the rule book and I started reading it. And uh, I found out they, they shouldn't have been able to find me the first time. Mm-hmm. And so now I said, now I'm going to have a little fun with them. So I decided to wear all charities during the, during the game. But uh, Adidas wanted me to wear the headband. I said, look, I'm going to wear it, but not around my head. I said, but you'll be able to see it. And so they agreed. And, and uh, so the head referee was chasing me around the field all during pregame warm-up telling me I couldn't wear that headband. And then right before kickoff, or right after the National Anthem, he said, I went to put on my helmet. And he said, oh, I can't let you on the field with that on there. And I said, yeah, I know, but you can't do anything about this. And I pulled it down around my neck. And so any picture you see of the Super Bowl, you got that Adidas headband clearly shown around my neck. And then I just started putting the charities on one after the other. I mean, every series, I had a new charity. And I figured if they find me for charities, they're going to really look like idiots.
0: I love it. And
1: so I ended up, I ended up getting paid by Adidas. I didn't get fined by the NFL, but the next year there was uh, quite a bit more pages of rules of what you couldn't, couldn't wear. <laughs>
0: Our second quarter is brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Great Cup champ by giving him a call at 306-502-5355. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs just finished playing in their third Super Bowl in the last four seasons. I had a chance to catch up with the legendary radio voice, Mitch Holfus. 36-36, tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to
2: throw it. Pump faking, right side he wants, on a comeback cut! It is caught by Kelsey! Touchdown, Kansas City! One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push-fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime.
0: All right, time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. This is like our behind-the-mic show today. We had Wayne Larrabee on earlier from the Packers Radio Network, and now we got Mitch Holfus from the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, Wayne had some great things to say about you. He listed you as one of the best in the business, so uh, tip of the cap to you, Mitch.
2: Well, and a tip of the cap back to Wayne, uh, I would echo the thoughts and boomerang it back his way. You know, he warmed the chair for me. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of the Chiefs prior to Kevin Harlan. And then I took Kevin's place, but yeah, for sure. But I also want to give a shout out. I want to dedicate this segment to the Saskatchewan rough riders who became Kansas city chiefs. I mean, let's start with the Weston Dressler, uh, wide receiver, Jerry Cornelison, who was one of the original men of the franchise back when they were the Dallas Texans was a rough rider. And then, um, uh, also, uh, gosh, uh, Robert Holmes, who played on the mm-hmm. Super Bowl IV championship team, uh, was a rough rider before being a chief. So. Give it up for our Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
0: What a showman. You pronounced Saskatchewan right, and you tied it in. <laughs> what a true what a true professional. I know you're busy with your own things, obviously, you're at Super Bowl week. Do you watch the CFL at all? What do you think of the CFL, our three-down game? Because, you know, a lot of people are talking about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all these guys. Well, we've been throwing the ball around the yard with guys like Warren Moon, Jeff Garcia, those type of players for years up here. Yep.
2: And Warren Moon was a chief for a brief time. Yes, he was. Uh, at the end of his career. But uh, I love the CFL. I think the role of the CFL is more prominent just because of the advancements of the National Football League. Uh, the fact that you see these other leagues. I mean, we know that they're, they're out there. But with the uh, Canadian Football League, uh, the development of players finding anywhere that NFL can find players uh, becomes a... Uh, you know, an asset, and I think that's the case with the CFL. I'm not just saying that to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, our senior team reporter, Matt McMullen's, right here, and we were just talking about uh, these guys that played for the Chiefs and the Rough runners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, Calgary. We can just go right down the line. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's awesome.
0: It's awesome, man. Mitch Holthus joining us here. How did you come up with that signature call that I opened this segment with? Your touchdown call. How did you come up with it?
2: You know, very organic but think about it, um, three hard syllables there, Kansas City, and it's almost like a percussionist uh, that's banging a cymbal. It's there, and it's, it's you don't have to fabricate it because it's um, there is a hard consonant, but it, it, it organically happened. It started back in the uh, kind of the early 2000s in the Dante Hall time, and it stuck. But what's kind of fun is I'll, I'll see little kids playing, right? They're playing a pickup game, or they don't see me or know who I am or whatever but then they'll play and then they'll do a touchdown Kansas City as little kids and I thought you know what my work is done here mm-hmm. I can I can move on uh so
0: that's awesome uh, man anyway it's I, uh, yeah it's great I love when a radio guy can bring the game to life who's your who's your favorite yes, who's your favorite all-time chief can you answer that
2: Ooh man I've got so many uh I really can't not to single them out One of these days I'll write a book. Nobody will read it, but I'll write it just to be cathartic. And I'll have my all-time Chiefs team. Uh, But to say there's one single great Chief would be, I think, somewhat presumptuous. Mm. Although Mahomes and Kelsey right now might be tied at the top of what they've meant to this franchise. What they've meant to the National Football League historically. Honestly, Michael, I think they're underrated. What they have done Mm. in this five-year span has not – they're just crushing NFL records right and left. And if they win this Super Bowl and get a second Super Bowl title together, the narrative I think will – you're just going to put it in big font and italicize it because people are going to realize, oh my gosh, what have they done for five years? unprecedented in NFL history in many
0: cases you uh you raise a very good word there it's prominent in our world in different facets narratives okay you can't take away from the greatness of Mahomes and Kelsey they're the best of their position but if the Chiefs don't win on Sunday what does that narrative look like in terms of getting to the championship all those AFC championship games getting to the Super Bowl and and not winning maybe as much as they should and I know perceptions, everything. In well, fact it would just, I know perceptions, everything. Facts be, are negotiable. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, and this team has been undersold though this year, and really for the last several years. Uh, you know, people thought that the this team would be covered in volcanic ash by Halloween after mm-hmm. the Tyree Kill trade, and the narrative has been, oh, they're just going to falter. Well, they won the AFC West for seven straight years. That's second in NFL history in division dominance. So you asked the question, what happens if they lose this game? I just think they keep pedaling the bike. And Andy Reid is um, underrated as a head coach. If he's not on the Mount Rushmore of NFL head coaches, he's on the next mountain over.
1: No, that's a good point.
2: what he has done, second all-time in playoff wins in NFL history, only a coach to have double-digit playoff wins with two franchises, uh, fifth all-time in wins in NFL history. I mean, that's Andy Reid. So he's in the Chula – Belichick discussion. Um, but the same thing with Kelsey and, and uh, Mahomes. Mahomes is the winningest quarterback in his first five years as a starter in NFL history. And he's every metric you grade a quarterback in, he's number one in NFL history in his first five years. But you don't hear that discussion a lot uh, just because, for whatever reason, uh, this group has somewhat been under the radar, which is ludicrous as that may seem.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. It's kind of crazy when you put it that way. So, uh- What do you appreciate most about Andy Reid? Like you talk about the stats, maybe from a professional standpoint or a personal standpoint as the voice of the team.
2: Well, I'll give you an answer, both professional and personal, but sometimes the biggest asset of Andy Reid is he gets the human spirit. Andy's a fascinating guy. He went to a very uh, diverse high school in Los Angeles growing up at John Marshall High School. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to go to USC. Of course, he was a great athlete, but he tore his knee up. He had to go to Glendale Juco. And then he goes to BYU. But then he coaches at San Francisco State where they have zero recruiting budget. I mean, they're selling cookie dough on the street just so they can have a recruiting budget. Um, and he's Northern Arizona, UTEP. I mean, he wasn't at you know prominent schools until he got to be with the Packers. And he was on Mike Holmgren's staff in the nineties, but he'd never been a head coach until he got the Philadelphia Eagles job. And so uh, truthfully, he's a, uh, he's just, he's amazing. All those experiences helped him. He gets the human spirit. He is able to relate to players. And then he's a brilliant dude. I mean, he, he's really revolutionized the game more than people think in the passing game in specific in the way he uses geometry uh, he'll write a book someday or give seminars. He won't give it out yet, but there's some secret sauce to Andy on the field in the way he designs plays and concepts, but also uh, in this is the way he uh, handles basically being a CEO. He's a terrific motivator. He can relate to everybody that's in the organization and he wants to, he's a listener. Uh, he'll absorb it. And then he acts. And, and again, that's not given enough credit. And then don't overlook Andy's toughness. Everybody thinks, oh, he's a, you know, he's uncle Andy, He's bringing you know fried chicken to the the uh, family <laughs> gathering. No, he's coming after you. Yeah. It's just what I said on NFL Network back in the spring. Andy's coming after you, and he's coming after you with the best quarterback in the league. And here we are. Mm-hmm. We're back in the game where people thought we'd be out of it by Halloween.
0: Sounds like I got two books to read: Mitch Holfus and also Andy Reid. I can't wait till those <laughs> books come out. Hey, so you've we've That's talked right. we've talked about Andy Reid. It could be the Andy Reid Bowl. It could be the Kelsey Bowl. You talked about Mahomes yep. for Mitch Holfus. The long Long-time announcer for the Kansas City Chiefs. What is the biggest storyline for you here for this Super Bowl?
2: That the 10 years of winning, unprecedented winning for the Kansas City Chiefs, and again, NFL historic proportions with division dominance and winning 12 games for five straight years, uh, is either into host five straight AFC championship games, which has never been done by an NFC or AFC team. The pillars and the the concrete and the red iron of that 10 years was built in the 14 years of Andy in Philadelphia. Hmm. Meaning, when he got the job with Kansas City, he brought the infrastructure of the success in Philadelphia with him to Kansas City. Our athletic trainer, uh, Brett Beach, the general manager, the president, Mark Donovan. Uh, there's so much that are pillars of what is a Chiefs Kingdom success now that was really begat in the potting soil of Philadelphia in the 14 years there. The
0: Mount Rushmore of radio announcers right now in the NFL, and I've had all three on in the last two weeks. It's Merrill Reese, it's Wayne Larrabee, and it's this guy, Mitch Holfus, and then I'm trying to figure out the fourth one, but you're on the mountain for me, man. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I appreciate it.
2: And a lift of the chalice of the Chiefs kingdom of the sweet nectar that is in the chalice, raising it to our saskatchewan rough riders who became kansas city chiefs we remember them today
3: i love it
0: take care my friend all right see you guys after further review it looks like the receiver didn't catch the ball but he tried really 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 super duper hard to catch it so we're calling it complete and giving him a participation trophy And we've reached halftime here at Growing the Game 334 thanks to another one of our major sponsors. That would be the Regina Sports Performance Center in the heart of Regina near Wascana at 1464 Broadway Avenue. Aubrey Steadman and the gang have a new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes. It includes a 24-yard wide and 50-yard long football field with indoor stadium quality turf, markings for football, soccer, and lacrosse. Two regulation three-on-three courts on a poly-turf rubberized surface with markings for two pickleball and badminton courts. Also, an on-site rehab professional In Scott Anderson, a well-known physiotherapist. And they've got weight training and cardio facilities as well. Hey, we've got our own health and lifestyle expert right here on the Growing the Game with Ballsy podcast. She appears every Thursday with me on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. She's been training folks for three decades. Her name is Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish. And I wanna talk about, now for me, it's not a big deal. I've always been kind of a smaller guy. I stay right around 165 to 170. Don't usually go much lower or higher. But too many people, I think, get carried away with that damn
4: scale. I would agree with that, yeah.
0: What are your tips instead of looking at the scale to kind of maybe track how you're doing? Because I think sometimes you're working out and you're doing all this and the scale is just not agreeing with your mentality of, of what you're doing.
4: 100%. I mean, you're basically, when you're on, when you're stepping on the scale, you're you're weighing your water. You can fluctuate between zero and 10 pounds in, in a matter of 12 hours. So you're not going to actually be um take are looking at your progress when you step on the scale a better option would be to take progress pictures take measurements just make sure that you're taking the measurements in an accurate area and always in the same area so make sure you get some help from a coach or someone who knows what they're doing that will give you accurate results and then of course uh, how are your clothes fitting most importantly i I i talk about the no lie jeans so i have a pair of jeans that have no elastic in them um, and when I want to know exactly how I'm doing, I put those on. If they fit, I'm good. And if they feel a little tight, I know I need to just pick things up a bit. So how you're clothes fitting is probably the easiest way to see how you're doing.
0: With the way you described it, you probably need a little bit of help in terms of the measurement part, right? Because not everybody, a guy like me, wouldn't know what the heck I'm looking for in terms of measurements.
4: Exactly. I mean, measurements definitely will require a specific coach that knows what they're doing. Um, you can do caliper casts, which are, are somewhat accurate and a little bit more will give you a better idea of what you're, where you're at. Um, but when I used to take measurements with uh, just a measuring tape, you know, this is specific circumference about the quad that you want to take, and you just want to make sure that you're always consistent in the same areas. Otherwise, those numbers will be skewed, and again, it'll be just like the scale, it'll be giving you the wrong, uh, the wrong uh, information. Uh, when you might be actually improving, but you may not be seeing that in the numbers if you don't test it properly.
0: Now, this is a small little audio uh, tip session, but if you want to go deeper, you can check her out on all her social media pages at Train With Tish. Train With Tish, Tish Duffy. She's been in the business for over 30 years, helping herself and helping other people. Thanks for your time.
4: My pleasure, Michael. Have an awesome day.
3: 30. Fernan, get smarter every day, learning with Fernan, you're sure to get an A. If you've got a question and Google just won't do, you just ask Fernan, you'll have an answer soon. Caller, you're in the
0: air.
2: My wife's mad because I got 50 guys coming over to watch the Super Bowl. What do
0: I do? Give her a dollar for each one of them, tell her to hit the mall with a friend while the game's on, and have her pick out her Valentine's Day gift.
2: Thanks, Vernon.
0: And call her, you know what they call 50 guys in the same room watching the Super Bowl every year? What? The Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell that when it's your party.
4: Good one, Vernon. (laughs) See you next time, (laughs) Vernon.
0: Time to kick off the second half of Growing the Game with Ballsy, episode 334. Our third quarter sponsor is Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. My good buddy, Kevin Welsh, Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey Roofing. Give Kevin and his gang a call to get your roofing needs met at 306-262-ROOF. Brian Krupolo is a longtime CFL official. In fact, he officiated the last Grey Cup, Grey Cup 109, in Regina November the 20th. The Winnipeg product received a very special honor recently. One worth noting. Congratulations is in order as he's been inducted into the North, or he's being inducted into the North American Indigenous Athletics Hall of Fame class of 2023. How big a deal is this for you, Brian?
5: You know, it's a, it's a, it's very humbling. I can tell you that as, as an official, you don't, you know, we're not there for recognition, but, uh, to be recognized for the work that I've done in the with the CFL and the community, it's it's a it's a good feeling.
0: Yeah, and Indigenous athletes, Indigenous coaches, and builders sometimes they get left behind. I think it's great when a guy like you can be kind of a role model. You don't like recognition, but do you do you like to be looked at as a role model? Do you hope to change somebody's uh, you know I don't know about life, but at least their perception on sports and what Indigenous people can do?
5: Yeah, I, I think. Um, very much what you said uh, I try not to to say I'm a role model but at the same time given the the positions that I do have with my jobs uh, i I think I am uh, indirectly um, to to have the ability to to think that that we can make a change in even just one person is uh, is something that's very impactful and, and it's something that I, th- I think we strive for to try to make a difference.
0: So you don't make a full-time wage being a CFL ref or official. What do you do in your day job? You talked about your other roles. Can you elaborate for me, Brian?
5: Yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a police officer. I'm a staff surgeon with the Winnipeg Police. I've been here for 29 years and I work in the community relations unit. Part of the, the job that I have is I deal with the Indigenous Partnership section and, and I oversee that. Uh, I deal with a number of our uh, Indigenous communities throughout the city and the province. Um, you know, in my in my spare time, because I have a lot of it, I'm, I'm actually I've tried to learn how to speak Ojibwe for the last year and a half uh, through a group here in the city. So I, I try to keep active and busy in, in things in, in that regard.
0: So Brian, did you have any kids growing up yourself, and, and did you help them go through sports or anything like that?
5: I have uh, I have three boys that are uh, they're turning. 24 and 22 this year in april um i have twin boys uh, okay the younger ones um so i've i've helped coach their their sports that they would do um all of their activities um try to be actively involved in, in making sure that uh that they're they're getting the experiences that they want um i never imposed my will for them to play any sport it was their choice and and i would just support them
0: Brian Krupolo joining us here, uh, longtime CFL official. 17 years. How did you get into officiating, Brian?
5: I worked, ironically, with Al Bradbury um, when he was starting his officiating uh, here in Winnipeg with the Amateur um, Association. So for about two years, he hounded me to to become an official to join them. Uh, I finally did. And then I did that for about five or six years, and then we had... uh, we had three kids that were going to be under the age of two. They were, our boys are literally five days apart for, for their birthdays.
6: Oh, wow. Um,
5: So it was, it was becoming a a daunting task. And, and I was considering that I was going to be done. And at the time the director of officiating was George Black and he called uh, and wanted to meet me. Um, So I kind of funny, I, I went to the, to the place to meet him and I was working in our gang unit here in Winnipeg and at the time, I had longer hair and and I wore a Harley Davidson <laughs> shirt, a pair of jeans and a pair of work boots, and I had my equipment, my force options on my on my belt. Um, so I knock on the door to go in, and and the guy leaving uh, is leaving in a three piece suit, and I'm walking in wearing jeans and a, and a sweatshirt, and I I had to tell George uh, I didn't realize this was an interview. I'm I thought I was coming to meet you to say hi, and uh, and I'm working. As soon as I've done this, I'm going right back to work. So. We we talked for about an hour and then I left with a with a job where I got I got three games in the CFL for the first time and, and that's what changed leaving football uh, because of the time commitment and and I was able to uh, to join the CFL.
0: What's the best thing about being a CFL official, Brian Krupolo?
5: You know it's it's really there's a lot of things the the, the people that I work with are fantastic. Uh, Forty two dedicated officials across Canada this year will do games. Uh, to the support systems from that the interactions with the players and coaches where, where you develop a relationship and talk to them uh, walking around the stadium before the game and and there's some fans that know who you are and, and they they talk to you and they engage with you um you know I, I have a lot of fun doing doing this job and it's it's been a it's been an incredible opportunity for for a kid from manitoba housing to uh to grow up and and move into the CFL, where I've traveled across Canada, and, and I, you know I've even done that one uh, exhibition game in the NFL. So it, to me, it's been it's been a very rewarding career.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the hardest? Uh, what's the harder game to officiate, the NFL or the CFL?
5: Um, well, only the NFL game because because we we were just sort of thrown into a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're they're big fast guys, but you know the CFL game bigger field, more players, more movement. Uh, different activities, the kick, we have a kicking game because of the returns. So I like our game. It's more challenging uh, to me, but just going down there and being told, okay, you're, you're, you're the second field judge per se, and, and you're going to share the duties. You know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of, whole lot of opportunity to do something there. And and it was an exhibition game. So I've done high level, you know, Mm -hmm. I've done great cups. I've done playoff games I've done Labor Day in Saskatchewan. You want to get intense? That's that's intense, right?
0: Wow. How does a how do Okay, so let, let's check. I, I imagine you were a Blue Bomber fan coming up, Brian. So, I'm just going to assume that, okay? Uh, you know, you're a human. You are a human. Uh, if I was a Rider fan, which I am, and I um and I had to do a national broadcast between the bombers and the riders. I could do it because I'm a pro, but it would be kind of, you know, it would still be tugging at my heartstrings to kind of put a little more emphasis on the rider touchdowns. How do you manage that? How do you keep that in check when you're doing a, a Labor Day classic, bombers and riders? I, uh,
5: you know, I think you said it. You said it right there yourself. Is is you're being a pro, uh, professional official, and and we're scrutinized. All of our plays are reviewed and watched. Um, I was a football fan growing up for a number of teams across the league. And, and I don't, I, I've had to put that all aside. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have a, an NFL team because I just, I just don't, I'll watch football. I'll enjoy it. I'll sit around well, the, the emotions of the game. I, I have to, I have a job and I have to be transparent to my job. I, I, I would, I could not have favoritism towards one team or another. And, and it's, it's an intense game. Um, look at the the end of the Grey Cup last year. Winnipeg was marching down. If they score, yeah. they win. Um, you know they didn't. Nothing I can do about that. Yeah, the you were, team you, won the game, and yeah, and the officials had zero impact in that game. And people and that's-
0: should. Yeah, people should know you were doing the game. You were you were yeah. actually doing the Great Cup game. That's interesting. That's that's the Labor Day classic on steroids, so to speak. So no, that's a that's a very good point, Brian here. I want to ask you this, you're a police officer. How much does your day job help you with some of the facets of the uh, the roughing gig, you know, in terms of uh keeping calm, keeping your emotions in check, dealing with people?
5: Yeah, you know, you know, those two jobs, they sort of go hand in hand, right? I'm I'm there to enforce the rules and and regardless of people, if they like them or not, that's my responsibility. Do, do we have discretion in both jobs to to watch something, to to judge it, to see if it's impactful? Yes. Uh, dealing with with people when they're when they're emotional um, in police work, sometimes we don't see them in their their best light. Uh, an opportunity to change that perspective for them, to to talk to them and engage, is a, is a great opportunity to try to change the situation with players football is an emotional game you can talk to somebody before or after a game and and they're a fantastic person but when they step between the stripes sometimes they sometimes they their emotions run wild and and you have to talk to them so they can they can understand what you're doing and why so that does it help it certainly does Just ahead of our fourth quarter, we're going
0: to uh, recognize our final title sponsor, Ben Garrow, out in Saskatoon, NPA with his Advantage Collision Shop. It's your SGI accredited auto body repair shop. They're a family owned and certified collision care OEM approved auto body shop providing comprehensive service. As part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops, their customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of Autobody body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. And uh, that's key in today's day and age. Choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And also choose them if you're a rider fan because Ben is a big time Ryder fan supporting this team for years. The fourth quarter is brought to you by our friends at SAS Selects Football. Zelko Stefanovic and Deb have been building up the amateur football ranks in Saskatchewan, uh, really highlighting the kids here and in the united states for the last 11 years plus they're getting ready here this month to go down to san antonio it's sas selects football based out of moose jaw our fourth quarter sponsor and this is an up-and-coming saskatchewan football star jackson ford is eligible for the cfl draft if you recognize that name Salford's Ford's grandson. Great Rough Rider player, and then later a general manager, not only for uh, the riders, but he helped out with uh, Hamilton before. I think he's been behind the scenes with Montreal and at the league level, too. Jackson, thanks for taking my call. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. When do you graduate school, per se?
3: Uh, so I got about like a year and a half left. I originally started in 10, yeah. and then I decided to switch to business.
0: Yeah. Like when I talked to you uh, uh, I did a top 50 YouTube show. I think at that time, it was during the pandemic, you told me you were interested in maybe getting into the business side of sports. Is that indeed what you're continuing to want to do maybe?
3: Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. How much did your grandfather, Al, I know he probably influenced you in football, but just that side of the, the, the sport.
3: Yeah. You know, like him being a general manager for, I think it was 10 years for the riders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like he's been able to help me and, you know talk to me about not only the football side but also the business side which has you know intrigued me into majoring in uh, business
0: so ideally would you like to be like a, a general manager like him and run a team a capologist or like a, an agent
3: to be honest at this point i'm not really too sure Uh, But, yeah, all those things definitely interest me.
0: That's awesome, man. So talk about football. I watched you come up through high school, impressed with what you did, of course, champion over at Campbell. Uh, How long have you been playing the game of football for?
3: Oh, gosh, like since, like, touch at eight years old. Mm -hmm. A long time now. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just been a a real uh, dream of mine ever since I was a kid to, uh, you know, make it to the next level and uh, follow in my grandpa's footsteps. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Who t-
0: who uh, who turned you onto the game of football? Was it your grandpa, or where did you say I want to play football?
3: Uh, honestly, I'm just it's a, our family is super sporty. Uh, I played all sports growing up. You know, hockey, football, even lacrosse, baseball. Uh, so I think just general, just the whole family, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Your dad uh, unfortunately passed away a few years ago, Jackson. Who's kind of filled that? Uh, he'll ne- nobody will ever fill that role, but who's kind of helped you out along the way? Because listen, you're a, you're a young guy. There are things that young guys go through that probably they lean on their dad for. Who's kind of replaced? Uh, you know, picked up where your dad would have been normally. I guess is the best way to put it.
3: Yeah, like you say like nobody could really replace him, but ever since a young age, uh, you know, my mother has definitely been super impactful, but also my grandpa as well, you know, he's been here uh been here in my life since a young age, uh, giving me pointers, tips uh not only in football but in life and just to help me improve as a player and a young man.
0: Yeah, so is it tough being a Ford in Saskatchewan in Regina playing football like is there a a different level of stress or does or I make it too much out of that
3: yeah you know you'd think that there'd be a little bit more stress having that last name and following the footsteps of my of a guy like my grandpa but in reality no not really uh when I'm out there in the field I'm just having fun Uh, with the guys and playing the sport that I love.
0: Your grandpa was a versatile football player. Uh, You are definitely a Swiss army knife. What do you think your best attribute is uh, defensively uh, for the uh, Rams and going forward to the CFL?
3: Well, you know, I think I'm a very physical, smart, uh, fast player. Uh, And yeah, like my grandpa, I think I'm also versatile. Uh, Looking back at the film this last season, uh, I made some really good plays on special teams and also on defense. So I think that's quite valuable at the next level.
0: So you are going into the CFL draft. What, um, you know, what, what's your thought process going in? What workouts look like for you, for instance, Uh, are you, are you training for like a combine or, or how does that work for you right now?
3: Oh, absolutely. So uh, I had to like shift my training a little bit uh, then to the normal off season stuff. Uh, Cam Ross, our trainer at the U of R uh, has been doing an excellent job in preparing not only myself, but uh, the other Rams that have been invited and, yeah, we're just kind of working on the drills and doing lots of uh, unique training, mm-hmm. and it's going really well so far.
0: So I, I thought I'd interview because uh, I, I joke with some guys going into the last year's draft. I'd be their, um, I'd kind of be their uh, interview example because you're going to have to interview with teams too. Have you, have you practiced a little bit about that, as your grandpa told you about kind of the interview process? Maybe you'll get some wacky questions or things like that?
3: Oh, well, I know from past players who have gone like last year and the year before that uh, they really try to grill you in the interview, so I think I'm I'm pretty ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. Hey, talk about your season with the Rams. Uh, I mean, uh, two years ago it didn't really go the way you guys wanted. Thought you rebounded nicely this year, although it obviously didn't end the way you guys uh, would have wanted.
3: Yeah, you know, I- I'm still very proud of what our team accomplished this year, Baldy. Uh, Although we fell short of, uh, you know, the goal of Vanier, but, um, I think we're still heading in the right direction for, uh, future success for sure.
0: Yeah. So guys your age, early twenties, especially now, they, they gravitate towards the NFL. And I'm, and I'm sure uh, you watch the NFL too. But do you kind of, because of your family background, kind of, I don't want to say lean towards the CFL, but always have an appreciation for the CFL? Like, do you, do you watch CFL guys? Cause when I ask guys like you, it's like, who's your favorite guy? Oh, my favorite guy's Brian Dawkins or I like Derwin James or whatever. If they're a safety. Uh, but do you watch CFL guys and, and look to, to some of them players?
3: To be honest, um, I, I I mean, I watch both sports or both uh, leagues, obviously NFL and CFL, but I'd say that I uh, kind of gravitate uh, towards more NFL players like when we're talking about names. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, you know, looking at film and seeing what guys do at the next level in the CFL yeah. and how they play and how it, their style changes from U sports to, to that league. Um,
0: so let me ask you a question. I'm a general manager of a team, and I'm going to ask you, Jackson Ford, why should I draft you tell me why I should draft you
3: like I said before I'm physical smart uh, I'm a fast player and I think I'm very versatile Uh, I think being versatile is important because if you can have a guy who can play defense and specials I think that's very valuable and if you're looking for one of those players I'm your guy
0: there you go it sounds like he has been practicing (laughs) lastly best piece of advice your grandfather Alan Ford has given you as a football player
3: The best advice that he's given me, I'd say over the years, um, you know, he's given me all these tips and tricks and pointers on how I can improve as a player. Uh, But I think just overall just having confidence and uh, not being afraid to make mistakes out there and just, uh, yeah, really just playing with the guys and having fun overall.
0: I know I had lunch with him one time there at their old uh, spot there, Johnny Fraser's Boston Pizza. They always break bread there. And he
3: said, never
0: never show him you're tired. Has he told you that? Never show him you're tired?
3: There was one, yeah, absolutely. That's probably one of the other biggest things that he's taught me is never show them that you're tired and never show them that you're hurt.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. A, yeah, that's a good, you got, it's all mental games for sure. Well, Jackson, we will be following you closely. In fact, we are going to broadcast the CFL draft, the only radio station in Canada going to do that. So we will do that again this year. And we can't wait to see where Jackson Ford goes, uh, Regina football royalty. Thanks for your time, Jackson.
3: Right on. Thanks for having me.
0: And before we wrap up growing the game with ballsy, I want to thank everybody once again for checking us out. Please tell all your friends and family and those in the football community so we can keep this great free down game at all levels, surviving, but more importantly, thriving. If you want to listen to me daily, I can be found on the sports cage in our new time slot, 3 until 6, Monday to Friday on 620 CKRM on the airwaves, but on the 620 CKRM app. Uh, sometimes on this podcast, we have so much content we go overboard more than four quarters. This is our extra point. By the way, if you want to sponsor the extra point, you can do so by DMing me on Twitter at The Real Ballsy, uh, Growing the Game with Ballsy Facebook page, or you could uh, always reach out to at mball at harvardmedia.com for sponsorship requests or story ideas. mball at harvardmedia.com. This year's been terrible for the RMF. Kelly Hamilton, longtime president, passed away back in the summer, and then just recently, Regina's former deputy fire chief and longtime board member at the RMF, Grant Necurity, suddenly passing away of a heart attack at the age of 68. I caught up with the executive director of the RMF, Len Antonini, to discuss the great Grant Necurity. Now, this is appropriate because nobody sells a 50-50 or raffle ticket like Len Antonini. This guy and Kelly Hamilton would kick some serious butt, but in particular, Len Antonini. Dude, I buy 50-50s regularly at the Pats game, okay? You've won three times. Is there a Now, listen, is there a trick to it? You're not telling us?
6: I don't No, I don't, I don't know, Ballsy. I, I've just been lucky the last three years. I, I win one every year and... I spent it with my brother-in-law, Dean Beatty and a couple of my nieces and my son. I, mm. I have lots of fun with that. But, you no, know, we buy all the time. I think I deserve
0: it. Well, you do deserve it, but you never even yeah. bought your friend Michael Ball a coffee or a sandwich or nothing. Man, yeah. you are stacking yeah. the money, man. It's good. I'm happy yeah. for you. you. You do deserve it. I'll tell you what, man. The RMF has suffered a couple of big losses. Your friend and, and the president, Kelly Hamilton, passing away. In July, he was part of the big build. You're part of the fundraising for the big build, and then the dep- the former deputy fire chief, and a good friend of both of ours, uh, Grant Nakirty, suddenly passing away last Friday. What a blow! Not only to football, but the community at large.
6: Yeah, no, it, it's a huge loss to, you know, to Regina Minor football, and and it's a huge loss to you know the community. But both of those guys are were great guys in the community and great guys for Regina minor football. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad, sad day for, for all of us.
0: You know, Grant went right from retiring, I guess, in 2011. And didn't he join you guys right away?
6: Yeah, absolutely. He came, he came, I recruited him. Eh? I <laughs> recruited him hard to get him on the board. And, and, uh, you know, um, he came and he, he. I'll tell you what, he brought a, a, a life to, to the Regina minor football board. Um, he kept things light. He, he, but he, but he knew lots about, about everything so he he was a he helped us all the time his favorite pastime was shooting the the t-shirts into the yeah. into the crowd with our <laughs> with our cat
0: so I, I he that. had a blast i saw that picture on facebook and of course uh the uh libel field setup wouldn't be what it is today without his uh positive impact too
6: yeah absolutely him him and kelly both uh, you know we we started this whole project you know Uh, 2010 2011 we you know he was he was around for the whole time and and a big part of our our board of directors that do a lot of things right so you know grant grant was a great guy
0: how tough is this on you kind of losing two pillars like that i mean you were really close with kelly uh, kelly you guys are running mates growing up and then bringing grant on board Uh, does it does it give you pause for reflection
6: yeah no you know i i you know this is life eh? that's you know it's gonna I'm getting to the age now where, and we're all getting to the age now where, you know, it's going to happen more and more. You just gotta, you know, you gotta believe that it's, you know, that it's, it's a, just a process and, and uh, you know, it, it's time, but uh, yeah, you know, it's funny ballsy. Cause I, I had about uh, 30 firefighters here at the minor football office on, on Wednesday. And, and uh, I just put out a, sent out a mass text, to a bunch of guys to drop by for a beer and, and see the place that Kelly Hamilton and grant security built. And, I'll tell you what we had some laughs and you know to see the old guys you know back together it was it was a great time so um, you know things happen like this and and we just got to move on and and you know believe that uh, it happens for a reason my dad used to always say that
0: Well I will tell you what uh, heaven's got a couple of good guys in the lineup in Kelly Hamilton and Grant Nicurity and uh, Len Antonini you're sticking around for a while you got people to drive around a great cup and apparently you got a lot of 50-50s to win too yet <laughs>
6: Yeah I'm going to I'm going to win another one so uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good hey man well, I have
6: lots of fun with we have lots of fun with that that's for sure
0: Hey thanks for your time man appreciate it
6: Yeah, thanks a lot, Ballsy. Good guy.